Hello and welcome to the Conflict Skills Podcast. I'm your host, professional mediator, Simon Good. I do this podcast to help you develop the tools and confidence for dealing with conflict with a focus on workplace conflict, but the tools and frameworks can also be used in personal relationships as well. In today's episode, I'm going to be talking about something called negative spiral patterns. This is the kind of situation where during a relationship, things for whatever reason start to go downhill. It might be that you think someone else is annoyed at you, maybe you're wondering if they're upset about something that you've said or something that you've done. They seem to be unusually grumpy, (laughs) uh, maybe a little bit more irritable and short. It might be that they're avoiding you or maybe they just seem sort of a bit more abrupt and aggressive almost than they might normally be. We often find these situations really challenging and they're the kind of thing that cause us a lot of stress. And part of the reason for that is that we're not sure what's going on. When we're dealing with uncertainty, that's one of the factors that can trigger the fight or flight response. So when our brain is trying to make sense of a situation and it doesn't understand it, that's the kind of thing that can cause fight or flight response. So cortisol, our stress hormone is released, our body starts to pump adrenaline. So during these kind of um, phases in relationships, it's not uncommon for people to struggle to get to sleep or to unwind. We might have intrusive thoughts about this potential conflict in a relationship and we're not sure what's going on. So that's part of the reason is that there's an uncertainty that is introduced. But the other thing that is at risk here is a sense of rejection. When someone's upset with us, like historically, if we're thinking about living in a tribe together, you know, a thousand years ago, if someone else in your tribe was upset with you, that was a real risk because they might not share food or resources. Maybe they would find a way to hurt you or exclude you, that kind of thing. So it's not as simple as, you know, worrying about my wife being grumpy with me or my boss is a little bit more irritable than normal. This is actually triggering quite a deep circuit. And again, that's very closely connected to that fight or flight response. So that's part of the reason why when someone seems to be upset with us, it often causes us a lot of stress, even if rationally we're able to understand it as not such a big deal. Just because my team leader's a bit grumpy with me, who cares? But what do you know? I keep thinking about that as I'm laying in bed trying to go to sleep. Uh, Formally, in terms of the psychological literature, this is sometimes referred to as reciprocal attack spiraling phenomenon, (laughs) which is a a real mouthful. I'll say that again. It's reciprocal attack spiraling phenomenon. phenomenon. (laughs) And the acronym that you could use is RASP. Uh, Dr. Robert Brampson has studied this in reasonable detail. He talks about just a relationship going progressively sour. The reason that it's an attack spiraling phenomenon is that when we think someone is grumpy at us or they seem to be grumpy with us, we tend to react in kind. (laughs) Sometimes that's going on the attack ourselves. If someone's a bit aggressive, then we want to stand up for ourselves. So we're more abrupt and firm than we might normally be. Maybe we overreact even to something the other person's done because we're thinking about it in context of them being pretty rude and inappropriate sometimes for the past few weeks, whereas on their end, they might not be aware of that. So then they see our overreaction and they think, gosh, what's, what's, what has that person got upset with us? What's their problem? And then they start to go on the attack themselves. So it develops into this type of negative spiral. 
For me, when I'm doing conflict resolution training, I just talk about this as a, sort of a set of responses, which are a downward spiral. You do something, they interpret it one way. If they misinterpret what you've done, they would respond more negatively. The bias in all of our brains is to interpret things in a more negative way. So it's likely that we would say that the other person meant to do that rather than that there were contextual factors that contributed to it. So we negatively react and then neg negatively react in kind. So negative spiral, reciprocal attack spiraling phenomenon, however you want to call it, this is the type of situation where relationships go downhill. And what I'm talking about in the podcast today is a strategy that we can use to short circuit this pattern and then open the door for things to begin to improve. As I talk about that, I'm trying to use realistic language there, begin to open the door for things to start to improve. Because if things have been going backwards for a period of time, then it will take a period of time for things to improve. If your wife has been grumpy with you for a month, um, I hate to be the bearer of bad news, but it's likely that you've been contributing to that and doing something at least in response in turn, which probably she's interpreted as not being entirely positive. So it's fueling her behavior in kind. Um, so if that's been happening for a month, it's not likely that you'll be able to wave a magic wand and suddenly fix it. What we're aiming for here in terms of realistic expectations is a shift in direction. We want to stop things from getting worse or at least slow it down. And then we want to shift things in a more positive direction with the intention of building momentum over time. So as things start to improve, that's often where you would see more positive behaviors from the other person. You're more able to then stay calm and think more positively and things start to improve actually it's usually exponentially after that. But in the short term, all we're aiming for is to stop things getting worse and to help things start to improve, even just opening the door for that opportunity to develop. So in terms of the approach that I often suggest, it's based on some of the research by Dr. Bramson. He talks about seven steps. So I'll go through these now as a list and then I'll talk through each of them in turn. So step one, make a short fuse appointment. Step two, set the stage. Step three, comment on the state of your relationship. Step four, prepare to be dumped on. Step five, convey understanding without excuse or apology. Step six, state your intentions. And step seven, move on to problem solving. So step one, make a short fuse appointment. I even encourage this in informal settings, like talking to your partner about whether they're upset about something. It's usually better not to just begin the conversation, but to set a time later to talk about the conversation. So it's not right now. I don't suddenly dump it on the person. What I'm doing is flagging my desire to talk about it. Hey, you're free later. There's just something I wanted to touch base about and get your thoughts on. Or we would say to our boss, you know, hey, you know, I'm wondering if maybe you'd be free later this afternoon to catch up. There's something that I've been meaning to discuss. So we don't want it to be too far in the future because that gives more time for the other person to worry about what we might want to talk to them about. They might know or think they know what we want to discuss with them. And so they start to become defensive 
they imagine us criticizing them. And so they start to go through all of the possible justifications on their end. This unfortunately means that they often feel those emotions as if they were having that conversation. So then by the time we finally get to talk to them about it, they're already quite upset. So a short fuse appointment I often suggest later in the same day would be ideal, or otherwise the following morning. I wouldn't raise this on a Friday if possible, I'd wait until Monday and then try and talk to them about it on Monday afternoon. So we set the short fuse appointment, so it's not too far in the future, and then the second step is to set the stage. You could do this when you're setting the appointment, or you could do this at the start of the conversation. I normally suggest I'd just say, look, there's something I want to discuss with you and keep it general. And then when they say, well, look, now's okay, be like, okay, thank you. So then in terms of setting the stage, what we want to do is name the issue, but we want to do it in a neutral and mutual way. This is something that I often talk about people with people who I'm coaching in conflict is finding a way to name the issue, but you don't want it to come across as critical or judgmental. If we say to someone, I wanted to talk about how you're treating me lately, well, of course, that immediately implies criticism. It's this me against you type of dynamic that can start to develop. And it's typically not a very helpful way of framing the issue. What we're wanting to do is to put the topic on the table for discussion, but not trigger the fight or flight response, defensiveness, um, resistance in the other person which means that as we put the topic out there, it needs to not come across as critical. We don't want to build in uncertainty, which would trigger the fight or flight response. We don't want to imply any sense of guilt or judgment because that's going to trigger that defensiveness and resistance. And we don't want to do it in a way that comes across as threatening in any other way, like raising our voice or yelling at them and not getting them a chance to speak, that kind of thing. So in short, I suppose we want them to feel a sense of control and we want them to have a sense of connection with us. We're on the same page here. We're working together here. So I wouldn't say something like, I want to talk about how you've been treating me lately. I might say something like, I just wanted to talk about how things have been between us lately. Or I just wanted to talk about our working relationship. Or I wanted to talk about scheduling and rosters for the next month, just to make sure that we're on the same page. Or I wanted to talk about how we communicate about parenting decisions I'd just like us to make sure that you know, we're both clear about what to expect from one another. You're not feeling like I'm coming and raising an issue when you're in the middle of focusing on something else. But we also have a chance to discuss issues so that things don't fester and we're not making decisions at the last minute now under pressure. Step three is commenting on the state of the relationship. So here again, we want to try and find a mutual and neutral framing. I really like words like, there's been some tension between us lately, or I wonder if there's been some crossed wires. I wonder if maybe we've got different sets of expectation or different ideas about what we want or need from one another, different ideas about how we communicate, different ideas about how we parent together. That's not implying that one is better than the other or someone's right and wrong. It's just observing a difference. So again, I think that let's make sure we're on the same page. Let's clarify expectations. Let's find a way to make sure that we're meeting all of our needs effectively. Um, that's often a better way to frame it than saying you've been a jerk and I wanted to talk to you about it lately to let you know how I feel about how annoying you've been. There is a real, I guess, skill to this, but also important is a genuine intention it's so tempting to come across as 
justifiably outraged or, you know, the other person is so wrong and you want to let them know how you feel. So that's a really common mistake I think people make when they're trying to start these type of conversations is almost starting it by saying, I want to let you know how angry I am or I want to let you know how upset I am about something that you've done. I want to let you know how wrong I think you've been behaving. Well, I mean, in a bizarre way, that almost seems justified. People say it's really important to talk about your feelings and you should be open and transparent and honest. And I suppose in a way, those things are all true. They might be valid principles that we hold. But what's the bigger goal here? <laughs> you probably want trust and connection and friendliness and fun in the relationships that you have. It's not enjoyable. It's not relaxing or um, really easy to live with when someone's upset with us. So some people might tell themselves a story like they don't mind conflict or, you know, they're a very confident kind of person. Things don't rattle them. Well, of course, these things rattle you. <laughs> We've all evolved to live in tribes. We're connected, as in our brain structures are connected. So to sort of expect that you're not going to have things affect you if it's a work relationship, well, says who? Your brain doesn't know what's a work relationship and what's a personal relationship. So I think even having realistic expectations of ourselves is something that's also quite important. Because if we don't, that's often where it spills out. I want to talk to you about how upset I am. That's often because I somehow feel that that's justified in the moment. Whereas if I pause and think, well, what's really important here is I don't want the other person to keep doing what they're doing. They're upsetting me or it's hurting me. Or I need to find a way to get over this thing that I'm upset about. And maybe talking about it together would be helpful for that. I've noticed that you seem hurt or upset about something. And I don't want you to be sitting with that, if possible, Maybe we could talk about it and get on the same page, at the least to make sure that it doesn't continue to happen moving, moving forward. So that state of the relationship, I would say something like, look, I feel like there's some, mean di some distance between us lately. I don't know what your take is. Maybe I'm misreading things. Um, I just wanted, though, to maybe just talk through anything if I've done something that's affected you. And maybe there's some options we could think about to reconnect when we're drifting apart. Maybe it's just because we've been busy lately. I'm not sure. Certainly not saying it's your fault or anything that you've done. At the same time, I'd like to be closer if possible. What do you think? So name the issue, talking maybe also about the future as well as the past. And then the fourth step is prepare to be dumped on. <laughs> so if we've... Um, said something like, it feels like things have been tense between us lately. What, what's your take on the situation? Um, I don't know, am I just misreading things or do you feel like something might be going on? Well, they might say something like, no, no, it's all fine. I've, I've got no idea what you're talking about, mate. Or, I, I don't know. I'm just busy at work lately or I haven't been sleeping well. Well, I suppose in that case, at least we've given the opportunity to raise the issue um, and open the door for potentially talking about it with us in the future. It might be that they didn't expect this from us and so they would need some time to think it through before they actually do share how they're feeling. Or maybe they're not upset about something. Maybe it is just to do with work. And us raising the issue and talking about it openly means that we're not then misinterpreting their behaviours. If they're grumpy tomorrow, I'll know that they've probably had a really terrible day and I can be sympathetic and supportive instead of thinking like, 
why do they talk to me like that? It's not my fault that they've had a bad day at work or whatever the automatic thoughts are that come up for us. They might, though, say, yes, I'm upset about something. (laughs) Well, you know, I'm just sick of always having the family lunches at our house or um, I'm just sick of always wanting to talk to you and you're too busy playing video games (laughs) or, yeah, when you come to me with these last-minute roster change requests, it creates extra work and then I need to be the bearer of bad news and tell the other members of the team that things are changing again. Maybe they are upset about something and... Here, the essential tool is being quiet. (laughs) Give them a chance to speak. If you ask questions or respond, it should be completely focused on exploring. Okay, could you tell me a bit more about that? Or how long have you been feeling this way? Or I can see where where that might be, how you're feeling in some situations. Um, I'm sorry that's been the impact on you. Gosh, that explains things if you're feeling a bit tense or tired or short and of course you were feeling that way given that you had all of the planning responsibilities over the past few weeks so prepared to be dumped on and the only way we should respond here is could you tell me more about that it it sounds like you're feeling like this i wonder if this might have been contributing as well what how those kind of questions are often really helpful step five is acknowledging we convey an understanding without an excuse or apology So we might begin by saying something like, "Um, let me just check, I understood what you've told me so far. It sounds like from your perspective, you know, you've you've been upset for the past few weeks and it's not just one little thing that I've done. It sounds like you've been really trying to reach out and connect and each time you've done it, you felt like I've just brushed you away and have been distracted or acted like something else was more important. And for you, that's actually been quite hard to take. After all, you were just trying to reach out And here I was almost just being grumpy and irritable. And from your perspective, it's been pretty consistent over the past few weeks. Have I got that right? So we could focus on the negative side of it, things that we disagree with. All we're really trying to do here is to summarize their perspective. This is often the point where the other person starts to feel understood. You might notice their shoulders drop. They let out of a bit of a breath and say something like, that's right. Well, This is often the real turning point. This is often a release and an acknowledgement, a validation of really negative feelings that the other person might have been feeling and holding on to. And so in itself, that often is an incredibly therapeutic intervention. You might pause here and just allow some time for the other person to process. They might continue and then we would just cycle through the same steps Could you tell me a bit more about that? It sounds like this as well. Okay, that makes sense given this or that's connected to this or actually I've noticed a bit of this so I suppose deep down some of that's not surprising. It's really that exploring and then acknowledging. And then the final step, step six, uh, sorry, the, the second last step, step six is stating your intentions. Look, you know, that's not what I wanted and I'll, I'll do my best to keep that in mind moving forward. Or thanks for letting me know I'm going to give that some thought. I appreciate you being honest and upfront with me. That stating of our intentions doesn't need to be detailed. It might be just I'll give that a lot of, I'd like to give that some thought or um, thank you very much for letting me know. Could we set up a time to talk about it further when we've got some more time available in the diary? Maybe early next week. How does that sound to you? Could we talk with other members of the team about this? It sounds like you'd like me to be more... Uh, consistent or to contribute more efforts to this 
look, I'm, I'm happy to do that. Let's figure out what's going to work so that we're clear in terms of expectations. And then step seven is problem solving. It's where, you know, you might go through and develop a plan, look at options and come up with something that's going to be a good fit, given now that you've identified and unearthed what the issue is. Here you might shift back to a mutual frame. Well, let's make sure we're on the same page. Let's let's get clear then around next steps that we'll both be taking. Or as you say, you'd like me to be more supportive, give more feedback, be more respectful, whatever it is. Let's think then about what I need to do so that you're confident that I'm doing that and so that I can then also raise it with you and clarify any times when one of us becomes upset and maybe we'll need to tweak things as we move forward. So those are those seven steps. The I'm just going through them again as I scroll back to the top of my document I'm working from. The short fuse appointment, setting the stage, commenting on the current state of the relationship, prepare to be dumped on, that conveying an understanding but without an excuse and without an apology, stating your intentions and then moving on to problem solving. So I hope that that has been helpful for you as you're looking to avoid or maybe short circuit and stop some of those negative conflict spirals that you might be dealing with in your relationships. Again, if you're supporting other people to deal with conflict, you might even suggest they could follow those same seven steps. If you'd like a copy of that framework, you'll find it on my website. It's simongode.com. So just my name, simongood.com. Thank you so much for listening. If you've got a question or any feedback about the podcast, you can email podcast at simongood.com. Otherwise, all the best as you navigate your conflict and hopefully can short circuit some of those negative patterns and set the stage for things to turn more positive in your own relationships in the coming days and weeks. Bye for now.